with the gang. I done came in here with the twins. I done came in here with 217. 217, say something. 217 on the chair, man. And we get tired, yo. We get tired, yo. We get tired, yo. We get tired, yo. And we get tired, yo. We get tired, yo. Here we are. Episode 42. Yes, sir. Quattro. Mainly, mainly stupid. I'm Garrett at Foulfly. I'm Hugh at HughMac87. And at mainly stupid on Twitter, Instagram. Find us on any podcast network if you're listening to this on YouTube or watching on YouTube. It will be up later. Mm-hmm. We're not doing a live tonight. <clears throat> we normally try and do live when we're in person, but we have a special guest joining us later in yep. about 15 minutes ish. Yep. 10, 15 minutes, which I think you guys will be very intrigued. It was kind of a. Uh, I won't give him away, but the backstory of me finding him and we've been trying to, you know, incorporate some guests into the podcast and um, I follow him on Instagram and the one clue I'll give you, he is a professional athlete. And uh, so I shot my shot, messaged him, told him we have zero money to pay you <laughs> and would you be interested in coming and shooting the shit with us on our podcast? And he said, absolutely. Hell yeah. And I read this message while in Walmart and like fanboy geeked out. Yeah. Just because it's probably my favorite sport. It's a sport I can actually compete in. It is. <laughs> it's a people sport. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like the bowling of our generation. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. No, that's a really good analogy. So. I mean, bowling's pretty electric still, but I think this is, I mean, the ESP and the Ocho is not too far away. <laughs> we got enough weird shit going on. Yeah. Um, so you met an old friend of mine today. Yeah. I was going to say, before we get into the interview, we'll be in a little bit. We're going to just sit back, shoot the shit, catch up. <clears throat> I had the pleasure of meeting an old acquaintance of Mr. McDougal's today. Family friend. Family friend. <laughs> she told me quite the quite the story. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's a good one. So what'd she tell you? She said, oh, well, you know, <clears throat> she goes, so I understand you know Mr. Hugh McDougal. I said, I do. <laughs> she said, have you seen him lately? I said, I have. I said, I'm actually going to see him tonight. She goes, oh, good. Well, tell him I said hi and tell him I still do not make kids disappear. <laughs> so I said, okay. <laughs> and she's like, he'll tell the story better. Here's a little brief overview. So I got a little bit of the story, but I think from my understanding is you and anyone that hung around when she was around were deathly afraid of her. Yeah, pretty much because... Because it started at like five. Oh, yeah, probably. I was probably younger <clears throat> because my mom worked with her and she <clears throat> she would come over and, you know, she was just a, a family friend. Um, and uh, she, and it got to a point where, like, if my parents were going away for the night or going out, that she would watch me. She babysat. And, um, and I think it was 
with her with her nieces and nephews and stuff it was one of those things that yeah well i'll get them to behave by telling them this and <laughs> what it was was she told me a story of when she was watching another kid she made him disappear never to be seen again and of course i believed the shit out of it because yeah. i was you know young and, and impressionable um took so, advantage of that poor little mind <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> so for years that went on and then at one point like she told me it was i was much older she said i ran into the kid that i made disappear at the grocery store and then so that's kind of how i figured out well it was all a story to begin with is all bullshit but it was it was just one of those cool stories and i haven't seen her in close to 10 years yeah <clears throat> i believe the last time you saw her we were taking shots with george washington <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep yeah exactly <laughs> um shitty weather today yeah not great yeah there's like five inches of snow at my house oh really yeah it's huh. all rain here it's raining here yeah, yeah it's it nice. snowed in elliot for a little while it's, it snowed here for a little bit, and then it snowed. Actually, when I was down south, it snowed a little bit. But where we were at the shop, it was snowing. Two thirty-six was white. We got to the lights; it was rain. Two thirty-six was black. It was like a definite line. So, of course, our driveway at home, according to my wife, has not been plowed. Oh, good. So that's always <clears throat> it's always good. But and it's supposed to go until like. They hadn't switched over to rain at home as of when I got here. So, so I'll talk sports a little bit. All right. What do you think about all this that's coming out about Houston now? Not the, not a good look. No. And what Barstool set the over-under at? Of their 83 and a half players hit by pitches this year. Over. I don't know. It was I actually saw I saw a quote today on Twitter that was like, you know, any the first pitcher who hits a Houston Astro is going to get punished more yeah. severely than um, anyone that. Yeah, you're right. Anyone that was involved. So it probably will be the. I wonder. Um, <coughs> I wonder who. I wonder who are they open against. I was just thinking that. Um, I have no idea. Because it's going to be, I don't know, these guys are. And what do you think about the Red Sox move? Um, naming an interim manager versus hiring a new manager. Um, I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah. But I also, I don't know. I think they're just trying to, like, let it all <clears throat> blow over and just get out of it. You know, like, yeah. I, I don't know. I think they're just trying to, like, bide their time. Um, so their regular season opens with the Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, I just saw that. That's – uh. They won't do anything. Yeah. In California. Well, they're saying like shit, like even there's a chance that Mike Trout knew about this going on and shit like that. And he's supposed to be like the Pete Rose of our time. 
They're certainly making Pete Rose look a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, I haven't followed it much, to be completely honest, but. I just the the amount that's come out and like the I think it's Gary Bettman that's the commissioner of the MLB. Yeah. Who just came out and was like, I don't really see the value in taking a piece of metal back from someone. It's like, dude, that's not the point. And you shouldn't just call it a piece of metal when it's your World Series trophy yeah. that's been around since like not what, nineteen oh four or something. Yeah. And he's like, No, oh, yeah, no, it's it's not the real big deal. And it's like, uh Okay. Imagine if the Red Sox got caught like at the level they. Well, it's like know. the Patriots. Yeah. Like so, just to equate it to the Patriots, and it's like, oh yeah, we did. Uh, you know, we tried to get people. You know, we got we knew what the offensive play calls were. Yeah. Like okay, uh, you're fucking losing everything. Like they. Fucking Roger Goodell would be like, "Oh, take down banners, like you know yeah. what I mean, like burn them." Yeah, which uh, it's it's ridiculous. And then the whole thing that came out that it was like <clears throat> the Astros manager was like, where GM was like, "Oh, it had nothing to do with our front office. It was all the bench coach." It's in the which is why Alex Cora got dragged into it, and then it came out that it was all the front office doing all the legwork <laughs> and all the programming. And yeah. They had this whole Excel program and with a video and all this bullshit, and it's like, are you fucking kidding me? So they, they, went, they imagine the money they spent on it, yeah, to be able to do it. And I'm just, I mean, you got a World Series out of it, yeah. So probably worth it. And it, 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 a part of me goes back to remember when that was going down, and that guy Tex worked for Barstool Sports, yeah. Like how he got a Houston Astros World Series ring, yeah. Obviously, he doesn't work for Barstool anymore, but I'm kind of interested to see what his view is. Yeah, what his take is. I on just, it. I just can't get over the fact that you know the players are letting it happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the hardest part. Yeah, <clears throat> it's been turning down the heat, so it's a little. We can hear a little better. Yeah. Our guest is coming on. We want to be a little yeah, we get semi-professional. Exactly. Semi-pro. <laughs> um, Other news, on? big crash in NASCAR. Yeah. How Ryan, about that? Ryan Newman's okay-ish. I, last he's, headline he's alive. I, yeah, last headline I read he was awake and talking. Yeah. Which is big. And one thing I read this morning. 19 years ago today, Dale Earnhardt died. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how that whole thing went down. It's such a – so close to the anniversary of that. Um, well, so I'll make this – I'll make this fucking claim. So you look at the way that NASCAR reacted to that versus how the NFL has reacted to CTE, which is better. Yeah. <laughs> it's like – Okay, you know, at least NASCAR has made the safe changes. I mean, he got hit on the driver's door going 200 miles an hour. And is is expected to make a full recovery. Yeah. And what the fuck? And I guarantee you he'll probably be back in that car later on this season. Maybe not this season, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But they like to go fast. 
And if you ate first, you're in a hospital bed. Um, what else? I had something in my phone notes here. Uh, real quick, Mighty Ducks is back. Yeah, I heard they're the heel now, though. The heel? They're the they're the bad guys. Uh, That's what I, I heard. I heard that. I just heard Mighty Ducks is back with Emilio Estevez yeah. as Gordon Bombay. Yes. I don't think Goldberg is yeah, going to make it back. Goldberg is probably going to be tied up. Um, only if he could have held out just a little bit longer. He could have got that paycheck, got a little <laughs> bit more meth. <clears throat> what a shame. So any minute we should be hearing from our our guest. We'll see how this goes. What's this? I don't know what this. Oh, we're encrypted. No, great, perfect. What does oh, that mean? I don't know. <clears throat> Taking tech advice from my wife. This is probably not oh, a good sign. Boy. Not claiming that we are doing any better, but it's scary when she's the one that's controlling <laughs> our, she's our technology. I can say I'm a little disappointed. We haven't had one you've been stupid tag yet. I was just looking at that. You know, I'm saying we gotta give it some time. Um hmm. it's Michael Jordan's birthday. It is. What do you think about the rumors that the Raiders are ready to pay Brady sixty million? How are they going to pay their offensive line and fucking protect them? They're not going to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's going to be one verse 11. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Derek Carr got the shit kicked out of him. Yep. And I mean, Tom Brady's got to be smarter. He's got to see that. $60 million is a lot of money, though. It is, but I don't think I don't think he'll bite. I really don't. I don't think he will. I think he'll stay in New England, but the the tension is <clears throat> our guest should be linking up with us as we speak. All right. Let me see if I can find. Sorry for the. A little bit of dead air here. Sorry. We're trying to manage here. As you know from previous episodes, our planning is we we shoot from the hip. We really do. I mean, I just I told Huey I was going to work on trying to figure out how to do this last night. Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Waited until about 5 o'clock tonight. I'm like, oh, shit. I and, of course, I've been facilitating this all via Instagram. <clears throat> all right. Let's see here. We don't see anybody yet. We got uh So we're using a new program to do this. We are. And like we said, mainly mom fitness is steering the ship on our tech abilities. Oh, we could choose a virtual background? Oh boy. I'm not gonna fuck with this at this point. Um while we're waiting, what do you think of the new branding of our one of our favorite podcasts? Um, 
I'll wait to reserve any judgments until the first episode tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think they kind of had to do something. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see. I don't even have a fucking clue who the co- former cult is that's coming in. Gary. Uh, yeah, he's sitting in on the episode or something. I yeah, I don't know if he's it. sitting in or if he's in permanently or what's happening, but something. Um, let me find it. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. Huh. Oh shit! Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um. Nope. 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 Sorry for the dead air, folks. We're trying to get this. He was. He was working. I'm trying to read. This isn't great. Not great. Not great podcast. Sorry. Apologies. Not really, but you get it. Um, I don't know where the hell it is. The the Mini Cooper lives. Does it? I'd like to go on the record of saying I finally fixed it. Nice. Uh, I'll post pictures of it later. It's bad. (laughs) What would you have to do to it? Uh, Replace the alternator that was seized and then broke. Oh, that's always good. Yeah. It was fucked. Like, there was no coming back. Once I got it out, I was like, oh, boy. I'm lucky this thing even moves. Fired right up, though. Ran like a top. Nice. Got to put a windshield in it. Got to go see Bert, get it inspected. Be all done. Hmm. All right. He's saying it says invalid code. Okay. Does he have, ask him for an email address and I'll send him an email, right? So he should be able to, does he have the zoom app? He downloaded the app and it's still not working. Oh, oh, Jesus. We got, we got people ringing in. Do we, do we have a participant? Oh, fuck. I think I think we might have got her done. <laughs> All right, there we go. We got it. I had to go through Google Chrome instead of uh, the other one. I mean, yeah, instead of Safari. So okay, perfect. It works. What's up, fellas? How we doing? So, Jay Corley, our special yes, yeah, Jay Corley, Corley, our special guest. Um, we're kind of going right from the hip on this, Jay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so Jay is a professional ACL cornhole athlete um, and was kind enough to join us for our podcast to shoot the shit a little bit and um, tell us about the professional cornhole league. And um, I don't know if you can see me now, Jay. Well, he, yeah, oh, I can see you guys. Oh, okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> so I guess we'll start off by saying where are you from? Um, and how long you've been playing cornhole, what got you into it, that type of stuff. And Okay, yeah, so uh, I am from a little town outside of Richmond, Virginia, called Mechanicsville. Um, born and raised here. Um, 
Yeah, so I got into cornhole um, through my little brother. Um, he plays on the pro circuit also. It's, it's Matthew Corley. Um, he was playing in gym class one day, actually, with his uh, baseball coach. And um, he came home and was like, hey, he told me about it. It's a fun game. It's really, you know, addictive. And so um, we tried it out. And um, my wife eventually ended up buying a set of boards. And um, he, my brother wore my ass out for like an hour and a half. <laughs> And so I was like, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm going to get these boards and I'm going to figure this thing out. And it's just took off ever since then. Yep. And how long ago was that compared to where you are now? Um, like 2013, I graduated college. I think it was a year after that when I was yep. home, um, trying to get my life together, what I wanted to do after school. And um, <laughs> then Cornhole kind of took over. Yeah. That was the thing is that we, so I left school in 07 left college cornhole was never around like we missed right. it we were the beer pong era like that was <laughs> beer pong and beer die and then cornhole came out and it was kind of like the i huey and i were talking earlier and it was you know it's really like the now being on tv and the the pro leagues and the way they're coming it's almost like a rebirth of almost bowling to me like it's sort of like our generations of bowling where it's it's a sport anyone can do and it's so accessible and it's, you know, relatively easy, you know, to pick up and to start. It's obviously not easy to be competitive, but, you know, anyone yeah. can go do it. And it can be a really cheap sport to play too. I mean, obviously, if you want to play at the highest level and you get, like anything else, when you get the top tier equipment, you're going to have to pay for it, obviously. But um, I also look at a bowling, I think, is a good analogy. And then um, a safer version of horseshoes. You know, for people that like to drink and play outdoors and that type of thing for athletes that are too old to play whatever sport they competed in. Um, it's a it's a safer way and it's, you can transport it so easy. I mean, when I travel um, from time to time, I'm not sure um, how well you guys follow the circuit, but uh, I travel with a couple guys a lot, Frank Modlin, Jordan Camba. And we will typically take, take uh, Frank's SUV because he can fit boards in the back. So we're going on long trips to play in big cash tournaments. We'll bring the boards out halfway through to break the trip up. Yeah. Um, and you can just, you know, put them in a parking lot. When you're done, you pick up and carry on. Now you guys stopping at rest stops and hustling. Like you got to pay well, for gas. We, we will. <laughs> so we will typically um, try to hit casinos whenever we can. Um, Frank is a big time poker player and me and Jordan seem to always get suckered into roulette. So we'll, uh, one time we went, this is a short but funny story. We were going to um, a tournament in New Jersey, I think. And uh, we stopped in Delaware at the uh, casino up there. I don't even know. I think Frank went out of his way to go to the casino because Frank <laughs> loves going to casinos. But him and uh, Frank and uh, Derek King wanted to play cash games so bad that me and Jordan Hamba just took out lawn chairs and just watched them play for like two hours in the parking lot. We ended up going in the <laughs> casino. They never even made it in the casino. <laughs> and they were so hooked on it. So, but those guys are—they're so much fun, and um, that's that's the big part of cornhole makes it so fun. Is um, people are down to earth. You know, um, nobody feels like they're too big to talk to um, the other players, up and coming players, fans. Um, so that—that's what makes it special for me. Yeah, but, no doubt. That was one of the notes I had written down. Was the other thing? The it almost feels rugbyish. You know what I mean? Like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys compete when you're, you know, whether it's doubles or singles, but then afterwards, it seems like you guys all get along and go grab beers. Like, is there big rivalries or is it just like, you know, 
hey, we're out here. Best team wins, whatever. All right, let's grab a beer. Um, there are certainly um, rivalries, and it definitely is uh, – there's a lot of intense when the games are played. And even sometimes after the game, you know, I'm really competitive. So, um, of course, everybody shakes hands and we're respectful. Um, but it's not right after the game is over where we're laughing and joking with our competitors. <laughs> it takes some time to get over it and get your ass kicked before you yeah. – you know, you want to go say, all right, let's go drink a beer and talk about how bad uh, I smoked you or you smoked me. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, at the end of it, we all understand um, life's short. You know, you don't hold grudges. It's just a game. Yeah. Um, but we do take it. We take it really serious also. That's awesome. Um, I mean, I know from – I am nowhere near on the competitive level, and I suck at cornhole, to be completely honest, <laughs> but I love playing it because it's fun. And – the the shit talking aspect of it is is also a great time and <clears throat> that's what I find myself that's that's what I'm good at cornhole yeah. shit talking aspect. <laughs> it's uh it's crazy um some players will use that to to their advantage some players are known for being talkers throughout the game so much that people have started using headphones will have <laughs> used headphones for a couple of years now to tone out the crowd and also tone out your competitors that like to chit chat there's one guy from the beach area, Virginia Beach, which is about two hours from me. Um, he'll talk nonstop throughout the game. He's a great guy, but he will <laughs> he will work whatever, gain whatever edge he can. So sometimes I'll have headphones in just so he thinks I'm listening to music <laughs> so he won't talk to me. And when he, when he says something, I'm like, hey, man, you know, I can't – headphones, I can't hear you. And then, you know, I don't even have anything on. So Yeah, that's it's awesome. Fun. So it's kind of like the melty catcher that's talking shit behind the batter. You oh, know, it's the exact same. <laughs> <It's> exact same. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a, that's awesome to hear. Uh, so speaking of headphones, Garrett brought up the question earlier. Uh, what are you listening to for music? You know, when you're getting ready or during or or all those those times, are you cranking country music, rock and roll, rap? Where, where's your head uh, at? I'm a I'm a little bit of. Uh uh hip-hop to yep. something upbeat and then a mixture of whatever you call brantley gilbert style is because yeah. he's not really country but he's not rock he's got a good mix i yep. call so that tractor rap of, <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of upbeat stuff um and a lot of stuff i feel like i can relate to so i, I had some um, brantley gilbert in there too awesome um <clears throat> as far as like how, how's the circuit work in, in professional cornhole is there different like i noticed on your we looked on your cornhole attic website. There's the, the Atlantic division is there Northeast, Southeast, you know, Northwest, that type of thing, like kind of like the NFL or baseball. Um, yeah. So there's 16 total conferences across. Um, well, it's 16 in the United States. And then I think Canada is considered a conference and Australia has a conference, but their following isn't big enough for them to have yeah. separate conferences with them. But um, so, yeah, the ACL is broken down the country into 16 different conferences. Um, this year, the most importance that that holds is for the conference cup at the championships where they take the top um, 16 players from each conference and then they battle it out and you have singles, doubles, and then what's called the crew cup, which is four man teams. And then whichever, um, conference wins the most events essentially will be crowned the um, conference cup champions which my conference still and conference is back-to-back -back champions so that's something that um is pretty cool yeah no doubt um now can you <clears throat> is there interconference play like can you just like if you you know you want to take the lady and go on a road trip and then you end up in 
the Pacific Northwest and you see a cornhole tournament, can you go play? Is it, or is it like, is it all sanctioned and set up like, Hey, you're in the Atlantic division. That's where you live. That's where you got to play. No, no, you can absolutely go, um, you know, crossover lines. Um, a lot of the Carolina guys, they have their own conference, but they're so close to the Virginia line. They'll just shoot up into Virginia and play in the Virginia beach area because it's more convenient for them. But, um, so you can earn your points wherever. There's no restrictions on where you can play. Um, you just can only belong and earn points under one conference. I got you. So I got to give you a compliment on that beer too, man. I, I get, I, I get, my beer gets about half that long and I get annoyed with it and cut it off. Yeah, this has been uh, almost three years now. Nice. That's so good work. Where are you guys located? Uh, Southern Maine. So Okay. Um, we're about an hour north of Boston. Um, about eight hours from you. Yeah. Roughly. That's not too bad. We'll be yeah. in Cleveland next month. How, how far is Cleveland from you guys? That's probably 12 hours. Yeah, 12 hours. Yeah. Holy smokes. Because that's down and yeah. over. We're, we're, uh, I've actually been pretty much right where you are because my favorite store in the world is right north of Richmond. What it's store is that? Green Top. Oh, the Green Top's 15 minutes for me. Yeah, Green Top is we, probably the best store in the entire country. Somebody They actually – um, <laughs> I don't know when the last time you came down, but they've relocated from that building that had the real low ceilings um, across the street to where Gander Mountain used to be, and they couldn't um, keep their spot. So that building – they're in a massive building now. Yeah, I when, the last time I went down was probably – three years ago three or four years ago it was right when they had moved because they had like nothing set up it was like a huge empty warehouse just filled <laughs> with hunting stuff so yeah. it's like it's, it's like, like a, a cabela's or bass pro yeah but no name brand no like cabela's yeah. style it's just right. everything, everything in the world you could yeah. ever want it's you passed the bass pro on the way down too i think on 95 yeah. probably yeah. yeah i've i've my parents live in Eastern North Carolina, so I always hit that. I always take like Virginia Beach, Chesapeake Bay Bridge when I drive down. Bay Bridge, tunnel that massive bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a Virginia is actually a really cool state. But like when when I find when I drive through your area, you know, coming down, it just it makes a trip. It feels like the trip is so much longer because Virginia is not small by any means. No. I mean, <laughs> you drive it's through a that, long state. Yeah, you drive through that and it it feel i mean it's like holy shit i'm still in virginia where <laughs> where you come out of maryland and then you basically hit the bridge tunnel and you're in virginia for a minute and then you're in north carolina so right. that's that's where i hit um so outside of cornhole you like basketball who's your favorite pro athlete my favorite professional athlete that's a tough one i'm a big um patrick mahomes fan um <laughs> We've got a little bit of connection to him. Um, my younger brother that I mentioned earlier, Matthew, actually played against him in the World Series when he was 14 years old, the Junior League World Series. Um, and back then they said he was a man playing with boys. And we can see why now. He, yeah. Yeah, he dominates. Um, Did and your brother I at least beat him? What's that? Did your brother beat him? Oh, no, Texas smoked Virginia. He, he dominated. <laughs> I think he hit like a couple home runs and, you know, well, he's he got- on the mound and shut him out. So. His father was a professional baseball player, and I think yeah. Patrick was drafted into yeah. the MLB. By the Detroit. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, so probably my, my, you know, I was a big Derek Jeter fan, but over the last few years, I've really started studying Kobe Bryant a lot um, yeah. for 
um, the way his mentality and the way he approached the game from the mental aspect. Cause I feel yep. like that's what I need to work on the most. Now I've got all the physical tools. Um, and, uh, his routine was just insane. Yeah. Um, he was special. Yeah. No that, that was the thing we, you know, it was one of those things where I think our generation, I never watched basketball. I never liked basketball i played soccer i played lacrosse and baseball but never really got into basketball but it was still one of those things like you appreciated someone like a kobe bryant a michael jordan like that work ethic and i just you know that that was something when he you know short time ago passed away was something that like it rocked the entire country i think that a lot of people were realizing how much that someone like that could influence your life where you know you really never think about it on a day-to-day basis, but in the grand scheme of things, it's he meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Go ahead. Um, just basically reiterating, reiterating what Garrett said. It was same here. I didn't play sport. I mean, I played a little baseball growing up, but uh, Kobe was just – he was that generational athlete that pretty much everybody, you know – Anybody that's done a, a a shot into the trash can with a piece of paper <laughs> yelled Kobe at some point in their life. So I can see where you where you learning his mental aspect of the game, or just in, in, as an athlete in general can can really help you in the long run. <clears throat> yeah, we um, in today's society, uh, athletes are given a huge platform, um, but Kobe's platform was a little bit different because we kind of grew, we watched him grow up from an 18 year old kid in Los Angeles, whether you like basketball or not, he was that polarizing. Um, so watch him grow up. And even if you didn't even watch the sport, him having the, um, being the, the dad now and not the athlete, mm-hmm. you didn't have to watch basketball to feel like you kind of, you could connect with him because he was so well-spoken and you could see how much he matured and turned into a man. Um, you know, I have two little girls, so that really hit me hard when seeing that he, you know, he was had his thirteen-year-old daughter with him, and they lost both of them at the same time. So Kobe was definitely a special individual that had a lot left to give us, that's for sure. No doubt, no yeah. doubt, one of those just gone too soon. Only the oh, kid yeah. die young, you know what I mean? I don't think we've seen a tra- tragedy hit the country like this probably since maybe the Prince, Michael Jackson, Elvis type things. Yeah, um, I mean, I. Growing, I mean, I'm 32. Growing up in my life, I I can't really remember anybody anybody of that caliber passing away that had that much impact on such a wide group of people. Yeah, you know I, mean? I agree. It'd be like losing Kobe Bryant is like losing, as crazy as it sounds, like losing a, a president almost, you know, or a, you know, a president, somebody of that caliber because they have such an impact on so many people. I agree. Um, So on a lighter note, I found out about the Johnsonville brought national, what, I don't know, what do you guys call it? What does Johnsonville brought nationals or how is that? Um, So each nationals have their own little name. Johnsonville is the title sponsor. You see, you got that. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Um, And so they are like the title sponsor for all of the nationals and the championships i remember sitting at a local bar watching it and then i got hooked on it and then (laughs) next thing i know everybody's watching it and i was like i can't believe they televise you know it was on espn 
Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe it was being televised. And then I, from there, I, I followed off and on. I, I got, I started following you after mm-hmm. I noticed Sean Latham, uh, from Barstool. Um, actually at the time he may have been even with Pat McAfee. Um, but he, he said something about one of the tournament. He was watching one of your tournaments. So that's when I clicked on it and then just followed from there. And it's been cool to watch. I mean, you see, a you don't, you don't get to talk to a professional cornhole player every day. So in, in cornhole, is there, you know, would there be a, I guess I'll call it the goat. Is there a, a greatest of all time player that you look up to, or are you that player that other guys look up to? Um, where do you, what kind of caliber of, I mean, is there guys that have been doing it since it started and those, those are the guys that everybody looked up to? Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to try to dissect this a little bit. So there is, <laughs> um, in my opinion, a goat and that would be Matt guy. Um, he's one, you know, like seven, eight, nine world championships, um, in another division, but um whether what no matter what division is he's in you can't deny the talent the guy's unreal um so i would say uh right now he's got to be the goat and right now in my opinion um jamie graham is probably the best player in the country out of north carolina um i've said it um on a couple other shows i've been on with some guys the way he's got all the physical tools but what separates him is um, he never seems to get himself in bad situations. It's kind of like Kawhi Leonard. Like when Kawhi Leonard turns the ball over, it never affects you. Or Patrick Mahomes, when they turn the ball over, it doesn't hurt the team because it's not in critical situations. So he never puts himself in where he's got to shoot shots that are low percentage shots or gives up big frames. Um, now, to me personally, I do consider myself um, one of the best players in the country. Um, I feel like I have the body of work now. I've got the resume. 2016, me and my partner Tyler Poitras finished third in the world. Um, and then um, we've made a couple ESPN appearances. We've been, we were in the Final Four last year in the championships. We actually won a national last year where we beat um, Matt Guy and his son. And then we beat Ryan Windsor, who's won multiple championships, and his partner to win that doubles tournament. I actually beat him that weekend in singles also. So, um a lot to um, unfold there, but long yeah. story short, Matt Guy is probably the GOAT right now. Jamie Graham, I feel like, is one of the best players in the country. And personally, I feel like I'm at least top 30. And when I can finally get the mental part and put that all together, I feel like I'm at least at the top 20 player, if not higher. All That's right. awesome. I like <clears throat> I like the confidence. Yeah, I do. Fuck you. I'm good at throwing goddamn <laughs> bags in the fucking hole. <laughs> well, you got to think that. You know, you can't. If you walk up like any other sport in baseball, if you walk up in, in the batter's box and the pitcher's shoving and you've already mentally in your mind, you're like, well, I have no shot because he's hitting 95, 96 on the corners. You might as well just stay in the dugout. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you feel like when he put, when he grooves one down the middle, I'm going to, you know, put it in left center field. Um, that's, that's the kind of mindset you got to walk up to the, the board with, you know, if you walk up and you're already mentally defeated, you're just wasting your time. Yeah. So what, how do you, I mean, go into one of these tournaments, how, how are you preparing for it? Are you, are you practicing? Are you able to look at film per se of your previous tournaments or matches against, and then look at opponents as well? Are you, are you dissecting film? 
Yeah, so I do a lot of all of that. We have weekly blind draws. I'm lucky, very conveniently, have two blind draws within walking distance of my house. Um, so I'll walk. We have a VFW and a Moose Lodge. I'll play there twice a week. Um, and then I'll try to practice in my downtime when, you know, I'm not with my kids and wife spending some time and when I'm not out of, you know, out of town traveling. But um, so, yeah, and then, I, you know, I pick players from time to time that I find something in their game that I feel like either – um, I can improve on or add to my game. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, so one of those right now is Ryan Smith. He actually did a piece with the Wall Street Journal, and he was kind of going through um, his weekly routine. And um, when you have these three-day events where you're standing on concrete floors for 12 hours a day, that takes a toll on your body. Okay. So I've actually started to work out um, and eat better because when I was in Florida the last day, I had nothing left. I had no strength left. Um, to even really move the bags up the board like I really want to. I made it work, but not not good enough. Um, so, yeah, I'm training now. My wife's changed our diet. Um, we're eating a lot of natural foods, you know, salads, meats, um, no carbs. Um, on the um, bike, you know, I try to get on the bike every morning so that I can – I, I got to lose some weight. I'm going to tell you, I got to lose 10 more pounds before I go to Cleveland <laughs> if I want to win this thing. So, yeah. I, I do all that. I study. I go back to old clips of myself and, you know, I compare them to the Jamie Graham, Frank Maudlin, Ryan Smith and see um, what I need to improve on for that next event. That's wild. I mean, hearing that coming from a sport that's known to me as a beer drinking sport <laughs> in the, in the amount of preparation that goes in, it's awesome, but it's just, I, it's crazy to think that. I feel like it's it's almost every pro sport. I mean, you look at golfers now. Yeah. You know, you look at like a Brooks Kepka, who is just yoked. I don't know if you follow golf, but he's yeah. huge. When yeah. you look at back at like John Daly in the '90s, and it's like, okay, we're talking about two different games here, bud. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that's that's funny. Ryan actually had um, in his Wall Street Journal piece, he mentioned that it's not just a game that you can um, go and. Uh, just drink beer and have fun at it anymore. You you know, there's a lot of good players that do drink beer to knock the edge off. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's so many young guys in now. And I'm telling you, man, the young guys and the old guys, they don't have nerves. They don't give a damn. They're going to shoot their <laughs> shot. And it is what it is. And, yeah. you know, these middle-aged guys that, you know, can um, – the adrenaline gets running and, you know, then you start thinking about it. Some people who have, you know, drink a couple beers and knock the edge off and kind of take that aspect out of the game. I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, so, so what's the beer of choice for a weekend? So it's typically either Bud Light um, or I'll even go to Michelob Ultra because they're like water. You can drink those things all day long. Yep. Um, but the last tournament, I got a little frustrated, so I went to some Jack and Coke and, and some <laughs> Fireball last tournament. Yeah. Um, so my my partner's a big fireball guy. He loves to drink some fireball. So <laughs> yeah. I'll take a shot or two with him before the tournament starts just to kind of mellow out a little bit. Yeah. That makes me feel a little bit better knowing that there's still a drinking aspect yeah. to it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't drink anymore, but I remember, I mean, playing cornhole, I, I don't think there was a time, you know, up until this past year where I played it without a beer in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, kind of like – so one of the guys on the on the pro circuit actually um holds a beer in his left hand and places the the other three bags on the board so he doesn't have to he can drink his beer in between bags my man (laughs) he's uh he's really funny it's it's quite a view of that can put him down that's for sure 
Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure that's got to be a three day tournament of just drinking for twelve hours. Has just got to take a toll on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, you got to get on this this the truly train. The I've tried self. the uh, I've tried those. They're not too bad, and people will make fun of you. You know, guys for drinking them, but they got more alcohol in them than a, a Bud Light does. Yeah, <laughs> that. I mean, if you're on the no carbs, I mean, there's only two grams of carbs in each one. That's right up my alley. I can yeah. either do that or liquor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I tell my wife. My wife's on the same thing. She's like, you were, we're – my wife is a fitness coach. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I work on the road so much that I can kind of – I go out to eat almost every night. I mean, I just got back from two months in North Carolina. And oh, wow. I, was at, I was at a Longhorn every night, you know, having a couple Jack and Cokes or, you know, <laughs> bottle of wine and – whatever i wanted to eat and now I'm, now i'm home and she's like all right you know time to get back in gear it's like shit <laughs> salads and protein drinks yeah, yeah. that's why i don't I come literally just have a dinner. steak salad for dinner <laughs> i mean some of the stuff she makes i'll give her credit it looks phenomenal but I, then there's some stuff i'm like you're putting what you're replacing french fries with what yeah <laughs> cauliflower is the devil yeah. there's, there's definitely some things that uh you have to kind of just put your foot down. Maybe, you know, my wife, she's really good with coming up with different types of seasonings on the chicken and broccoli and things like that. And one time she made like a zucchini pasta thing she was trying out, a zucchini pizza thing, I mean. And uh, I, I tried it. I said, you normally crush it, but this one, we gotta, <laughs> this one's got to go away. We can't do this. But some of the stuff she just like, she'll just like randomly put together. And I'm like, that thing you made with the chicken the other week and this and that is so good. And she was like, well, I just, I didn't, I don't know what I did. I just, yeah. you know, <laughs> shot from the hip. I'm like, okay. My mother-in-law won a chili cook off that way. She had no nice. idea what she put in her chili or whatever. And <laughs> next thing she knows she's winning this chili cook off and people are asking her for the recipe. She's like, I was drinking margaritas while I was making it. So I don't remember <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> I guess, kind of lost my train of thought um where so what do you do for fun other than cornell other <laughs> oh. I mean, obviously you said you got two little girls so you're hanging out with the family and stuff like that yeah so i spend a lot of time with them i'm a diehard duke basketball fan so i'll try to catch as many duke basketball games as i can um i'm also a big nfl guy so fantasy yep. football is right up my alley um that's it man when you know between working and then playing cornhole full-time yeah. Um, I try to soak up the rest of the time I can with my two little girls before they yeah. get too big. Yeah. Now are you uh what what are your thoughts on the XFL? You know, I um I've watched maybe five minutes total of XFL <laughs> football. My buddy told me he's he tried to claim a team and he said it was just awful. I saw Cardell Jones, I think it was, made a couple good throws early, but I saw a lot of things where the quarterbacks were just have been awful. Yeah, the quarterback. You guys watch it. The quarterbacks are pretty bad. I do uh, like uh, the kick changes to the kickoff. I really actually do like. Mm-hmm. You know where the they start five yards apart, and because it's either someone breaks through and tackles the returner immediately, or the returner's mm-hmm. gone, and it's a one-on-one versus a punter, which is just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that seems um. The, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think all the way around that was good. I think it um, it adds to the excitement a little bit, and it also adds to the safety. You know, you don't have these gunners that can hit these guys at 
at full speed and yeah. these guys can potentially kill each other if they hit them the you know the right or wrong way however you want to look at it so <laughs> i agree that is a cool aspect yeah when you're talking about guys they're like oh the, their top speed on that run was 24 miles an hour and it's like okay two guys running at 24 miles an hour hitting each other at 250 is that's a big collision <laughs> i don't want to be a part of that no <laughs> <laughs> i see some of these hits and it's just like how do they get up from that i yeah. I mean, their bodies are just so trained to, to deal with those impacts. that, I, And they stay in the game. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, just, I'll just have a beer over here on the side, guys. I'm done for today. Yeah. And then you watch guys <laughs> – then you're watching guys like, you know, you think football players are tough. And then you see a hockey player, you know, shatter his jaw, and he's back out the next series. Yeah. And then one dude, you know – gets his nose sliced off by a skate flying through the air and he yeah, goes gets, yeah. stitched, gets stitched up and he's back playing it's like man football players are pussies compared to these guys <laughs> you know what and if i was a football player I, and I, I would be quarterback i'd be just like Peyton Manning. as soon as they got close to me i'd just fall over, Play's exactly. over. <laughs> and then 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 there's some baseball players that stub their toe on first base and they're like i'm out for 15 days or, yeah. what, or whatever yeah Speaking of, what do you think about all this um, Houston Astros? We were just talking about it. We talked about it the earlier earlier tonight, and it's. I mean, I think they're just going to be a punching bag of baseballs hitting heads. I mean, it's way worse than anything that's ever been done in the league. You know, at least with the steroids, it was like, okay, clearly Mark McGuire's juiced, Sammy right. Sosa's juiced. At least that was fun to watch. But you still had to hit a pitch. Like if you know what's coming, I mean. They make you know, look real good. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> it, it's different levels. If you're if you're on second base and you are, um, you know, you're picking up the signs because they're not, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. That's yeah. different. What they're doing is they have somebody that is completely out of the other team's control. You know, hidden taking those signs. That's just wrong. And yeah, I, I'm a little bit nervous for those guys this year when they come out because some of these guys really don't give a damn if they play another pitch or not no i think you're going to see a lot of reliever pitchers starting games and just getting thrown out after they whale someone in the face yeah i think yeah i was reading earlier we talked about it before you came on that barstool sports set the over under at like 83 and a half (laughs) holy smokes i would take the over yeah (laughs) hammer it um and none of those guys got any kind of suspension no yeah, so they all they all got pl- they all got amnesty to open up and say what happened, and then they, you know, I'm a little salty being a Boston sports fan and seeing Alex Cora get thrown under the bus, and then it comes out that it was the whole front office that developed this whole program to do it, and all the video and the Excel program to just dis- you know to decode everything. They put some time and money into this. this oh yeah, this wasn't just any little operation. And then yeah. And then the Astros just in their smugness trying to hide it. And it's like, oh, well, he didn't want to take a shirt off because of tattoos. And then you see pictures on the internet. He's got no tattoos. And it's like, come the fuck on, guys. <laughs> like, well, there was even um, pictures that have surfaced where I think it was like the bottom of the eighth and top of the ninth or w- one of those where they switched over innings. Altuve had an undershirt on in that same picture you're talking about. Yeah. And then when he went up to bat, he didn't have it on. Yeah. They went to great lengths to do this. And the guys, like, they're just like Altuve, Bregman. They have no business being in baseball. No. At all. And I like like Bregman a lot before all of this. I thought he was, you know, a good guy that was really good at hitting. Obviously, he's not. Yeah. Well, and I mean, (laughs) 
And it, it for me, like I liked watching that that World Series with the Astros in it. I was pumped when they won it, and now I'm hearing all this. I'm like, Jesus Christ! And it's not yeah. like it's not like some. I mean, you, you know, you talk about sports cheating scandals where you look at like the one that comes to mind for me personally is like Lance Armstrong and like that whole thing. But that was everybody. Literally everyone was doing that on the tour, and that's why he ended up doing it. And I mean, I don't know if you've ever read anything from Lance or anything, but you know, the, the tour de France is that they took from Lance Armstrong. They couldn't find anybody in the top hundred to give it to because everyone was fucking guilty. So wow. it's like, you know, someone like that, a cheating scandal like that, where it's the whole sport. It's like, okay, you know, it is what it is. Why well, take it from him? Yeah, exactly. And then, but you know, baseball where it's just this team doing all this and it's like, you guys have really fucking gone out of your way to try and win. And the Yankees almost beat them that year. I, I, I can imagine yeah. you guys aren't Yankees fans, but you could see the look on the face when Chapman threw that, uh, what, like 89 or 90 mile slider compared to his 106. And he's like, how's the hell did this guy keep guessing this pitch right? And yeah. you could tell that they knew something was up. The Yankees, I, I honestly feel I had the better team that year based on this information now. Yeah, based yeah. on that information now. I mean, obviously I was rooting for – well, and like Houston, because because I, I think Yankees, what Al, Altuve got the did he get the MVP that year over? Yeah, he Judge? won the yeah. MVP over Aaron Judge, and now Aaron Judge he congratulated him before, and now he's like, what the hell, man? Yeah, yeah. And you look back, and I mean, it's just it's time to reinstate Pete Rose and get rid of the Astros. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I say just let steroids play. <laughs> they, basically, haven't they basically given up on that? I don't know. I hope so. It seems like they're only, I mean, drug testing guys. Once, I mean, I think they got bigger fish to fry now than drug testing people. Yeah. <laughs> they need to worry about the opioid stuff that seems to be going around and hitting baseball pretty bad yeah. now. Yeah, a lot of those. What do you guys, guys um, so you're Red Sox fans. I know you can't be happy about Mookie going out west. No. No. He was such a. He's a one. He's a he's a generational talent. He really he is. He really was, and he was one of those guys that you hear talked about. You know, they they're always talking about the five tool player. He was. He had it all. He did. Yeah. He was just. And then to, then to lose Brock Holt today. Yeah. Which to go to the Brewers, I'm kind of okay with. I love the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brew Crew is just it's just kind of one of those teams. It's like you don't hate them. They're just it's hard like, to dislike them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and Brock Holt was one of those players. I mean, he was such a good utility player, and he was a, he had a good attitude, and he was a good team player. So it's tough to lose a talent like that, just you know, based on his dugout or the clubhouse aspect of yeah. it. Um, yeah, I don't. They like, they came out the other day. Um, or John Henry, the owner of the Red Sox, released a statement yesterday talking about them letting go of Mookie to to L.A. and it was. It reminded me a lot when they got rid of Nomar, you know, back mm. in 2004 or whatever. But I just don't see what happened then happening with this team now. No. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I mean, the, the for- whole interim manager thing. I mean, in 2004, we had Terry Francona and uh, a general manager that was, you know, a lot better in my eyes uh, as far as getting young talent to be able or just getting cheap talent to be able to win. Yeah. And that whole Saber metrics thing that they were doing back then that they stole from the A's with mm-hmm. the, with like the Kevin Euclid's experience and all yeah. that shit. Everybody knows that now. So it's not like they have 
they have this trick up their sleeve where they can win it. So in my eyes, I'm more worried about re-signing Tom Brady. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here in Oakland. Let's give him two years, 60 million. Yeah. I, I well, mean, we were talking about that and, I mean, they got to pay their offensive line something. I'm but a huge, I'm a huge Tom Brady fan. I don't, I don't, and I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a Patriots fan, more or less, but um, I kind of see a lot of the same qualities um, and admire a lot of the things in Tom Brady that I see in Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't be 40 plus years old and not prepare at the highest level um, and still produce the way he does. And my buddy is a San Francisco fan at work, and he keeps telling me he thinks Brady's done. And I said, no, he just has nobody around him. And I think that the only way he goes back to New England is if Belichick will get him another weapon and try to get somebody like Gronk to come back. Yeah, He needs something because Edelman can't do it by himself. No. no. And I think Gronk uh, – Gronk's kind of – I don't know. I've been watching a lot of the stuff like around the Super Bowl and just around this whole thing. And Gronk has slipped up, I think, a few times, whether it was intentional or not. If he's just trying to stir the pot, he's an asshole. But I think he's re- I think he's going to come back. I really do. I think he, he said enough and led enough where he's like, you know, I'm feeling great you know, not ruling football out, you know, he said a few things about, you know, talking with Tom and all this. And I'm like, I really want it to be like the Randy Moss. Was it? Oh, seven. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. When they went 16 and oh, and whereas literally just like sell out, sign a bunch of good players to a one-year contract, have it be Tom Brady swan song. Have, I mean, it's set up right now because breeze just said he's coming back to the saints. So Saints yeah. Patriots Super Bowl. Let Brady win it. Let they walk off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the idea. I tried to. I tried to speak in a Gronk. I tried to get. I tried to call him out and get him on a in a game of cornhole because he mentioned something at the ESPYS a couple years ago, but he won't answer me. I don't understand what his deal is. Yeah, <laughs> I think you should go after Pat McAfee. Yes, because he is. I mean, he's done some some videos of cornhole, and he's actually seems pretty good. So I think. You know, if you have connections with Sean Latham, you should try to make that happen, and that would be electric because yeah, that, I'll do that. I think that'd be great. That yeah, was, I'll hit I'll hit Sean up tonight on Twitter and see if I can get a connection over to Pat. That'd be dope. And yeah. wherever that happens, <laughs> we'll we'll be your. I'll hold your bags for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Pat's thing. He's like, you know, all these, you know, all during because he was a punter in the NFL, and it was, yeah. you know what am I supposed to do during position meetings? I, I'm a punt, I'm a punter. Like I have nothing to do. So he'd throw bags in the, in the locker room. And I know there yeah. was um, two of them. Which one played for the chiefs? Was it him or his brother? I don't know. His brother didn't play. For no, his ball. brother didn't play. Yeah. Uh, I thought he, one of them punted for the chiefs and one punted for the Colts. No, Cole, 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 quit. Cole quit. Cole quit. That's who I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, McAfee was for the Colts. Another another thing you could you got to hit up uh, Tom Brady on Twitter. They say he's quite the competitive uh, cornhole player in the locker room as well. Yeah, I've I read somewhere this is a few years ago, but they like guys don't like to play cornhole with him because he is so competitive. Like he (laughs) he he plays he plays cornhole like he plays football. It's just it's no I mean teeth are he's gritting his teeth and he's ready to go so. That may be a that'd be electric too, and I, like I said, I'll be your I'll hold your bags for you either way. That would be so cool if I could get some kind of like uh, 
cornhole game and then some kind of throwing competition with him because I know I know he can't beat me in cornhole. So it's, you know, <laughs> what do I have to lose? You heard it. <laughs> right Tom Brady here. cannot beat me in cornhole. And I think Corby I have a shot it. to beat him in a throwing competition. We're well, going to clip that and yeah. post it on that. Yeah. <laughs> I know I can beat Lamar Jackson in a throwing competition. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I, I know you can beat Lam, uh, Jameis Winston too, but I mean, <laughs> well, it's he not got really Mason, a compliment. So now he might be halfway decent. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best story. I, I got LASIK after going 30 for 30. It's like, dude, <laughs> you can't let that's, anybody find out about that. <laughs> that is really um, – that's remarkable that you got to stay in the game and the coach didn't pull the plug on you. So, you had you had the opportunity to throw in 30 interceptions. That's, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> right. I mean, Bruce Arians, he likes to gamble. <laughs> He's a gunslinger. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you say Lamar Jackson, I, all he does is run. So, I mean, I, I – could you take a hit from Lamar Jackson? Because he's got a pretty mean stiff arm. Yeah. No, no, I'm going to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. No, no that's, always, that's even if I can get stay in front of him. I mean, his feet – now, he's special with the ball in his hands. He can make yeah. some throws. That The Pro Bowl thing, he, he looked like he never played quarterback before in that throw competition. But, man, some of those moves he puts on those world-class athletes, my feet are so heavy they wouldn't even move. He wouldn't have to put them in the – he'd just run sideways, and he's got me. Yeah, exactly. I – I mean, I, I I don't run, first of all, no. but I wouldn't no. even I wouldn't even want to be in a car in front of him. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, he just jump over it or something. That's uh, right. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think yeah, Pat McAfee, Tom Brady, you got to call those guys out. Get them get going on something because I th- it, I just I, I got to see the goat in action. You know, I got to yeah. see your caliber. See if player. I can build a fan base for <laughs> some other professional athletes. <laughs> So are you go ahead? So so now being, you know, you're getting obviously more and more into this professional athlete. How are you growing your social media? Is it all basically just word of mouth? I mean, we're learning. We have, you know, you have nine hundred and something followers or a thousand. I we're not even breaking two hundred yet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is very low level. Uh, so what do you do in that aspect? So um, you know, I try to remain as humble as possible. You know, I try to remember where I came from. I'm no no um, better than anybody else you know like when you guys hit me up and you thought it was a long shot that I would even talk to you guys I showed my wife I was like hey look this is awesome I have another podcast I get to talk on somebody else you know see something in me or thinks what I do is cool and uh, wants to talk to me so yeah you know I'm honored I appreciate um, you guys having me on and the podcast I get I got I get on I try to um, you know do uh, my part for the people that host the podcast too if i can get a recording of this video of course um yep. i have a youtube channel now youtube.com backslash jay corley um i'll go ahead and um copy it onto my phone and then um post it on my youtube and promote it for you guys also um, so yeah. i have the youtube platform uh, of course i'm on all the social media um you know i try to promote my pages um and grow my following as much as possible it's um it's pretty cool. It's worked out. I've got a couple of people in Texas that reach out to me um, at least once a week, you know, check in, see how I'm doing at my local events. Um, wish me luck when I go to the big nationals. And then I actually had somebody in Utah ask me if I would send out a sign and send out a Jersey to them um, that I no longer use. And of course, you know, I have no problem doing that. I'll, I'm not going to use it anymore. Um, and they said that now I'm their, um, most favorite professional athlete across <laughs> all of sports. And I was like, are you kidding me? I got to say you're <laughs> like, right up there for me at yeah. this point. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I appreciate it. You guys, um, um, 
We've been it just we're... I can see from the setup. It looks like you guys got a nice little setup there. It looks like um I'd fit right in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If, if you're ever if you're ever in New England doing a tournament or something, you know, we'll come see you. Yeah. You come see us. We'll do a live podcast, whatever you want to do. Yeah, that'd be awesome. This is our technically third interview. Two have been pro athletes and one was a sergeant retired first sergeant in the Marines. Yeah. We had my father in law on who's a Marine Corps, and then we I actually happened to go to high school with uh he fights MMA and he's done Bellator and UFC. So I hit him up, okay. and, which was, I mean, it, it both, I mean, everybody that's been on this podcast has, has been super humble and it's, and that's what I like about it. Being able to talk to just normal people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I messaged you and Joey chestnuts, the, <laughs> the professional, the world's greatest eater. And uh, you messaged me back first. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's um, that's one thing that um, I'm always gonna try to keep with me is um, like I said, remember where I came from. I'm no, I'm no different than you guys. I just yep. you know, happen to be decent at throwing bags at a platform. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I'm appreciative of it. That's awesome. Now where where do you see cornhole going? Because I feel like 16 regions is big. Well, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like the sport's definitely gaining traction. It's not slowing down at all. I mean, it's obviously growing for you guys. You know, is there is the future that you're planning to be full time cornhole, or is it you know when it gets to that point, is it time to make a decision? No, um, yeah, I, I I would say within five years, um, my goal is to be a professional cornhole player. Now, with that said, that's not um, that's not just primarily with the ACL only. Um, I want to try to do something with um, kids and um, my YouTube channel and I'll have to have some other types, types of revenue. Um, but I think the ACL is going in the right direction this year. The purse is 250,000 um, last year, which was up a hundred thousand, I think from last year, 150. So in five years, if we're talking a million dollar purse, um, I would imagine that the sponsorships that are coming in for both the league and the players would be enough to allow that to happen. Um, yeah. I'm close now for my wife to be able to stay home with my girls, which is my ultimate goal. If I can work and play cornhole and she stays home with them because that's what her dream, then, then that's good. Right now, the sponsorships um, on a large scale aren't very big. They're, of course, you know, I'm thankful for them. You yeah. know, it allows yeah. me to go play at no cost to me. Um, shout out to All Cornhole, um, Dirty Bags, Jenkins Real Estate Group, and um, George Mason Mortgage for letting me, you know, be able to do stuff like this. But, um <laughs> When the Nikes and the Under Armors and uh, Adidas's start getting involved and in making bags and jerseys and stuff like that, um, as I think is when that it'll take that next step with bowling and those type of niche sports, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, you're even seeing darts. I see darts all over my Twitter feed, and it's like I don't. I don't care anything. Even axe throwing, I think, has been on ESPN. So if axe throwing can make it on ESPN, um, yeah. dart throwing can make it. We can carve out our role and uh, get our get a little following for the players to have fans um, and things like that. Do you get free Johnsonville brats? Um, I did get free Johnsonville brats when I did an event in um, Mississippi. All right. So um, they Johnsonville flew me down to um, Memphis, Tennessee. And then I drove down because that's right on the border. And I did like a two or three day event with Johnsonville and the, um, 
the SEC thing, not um, SEC Network, but whatever, yeah. the SEC Game Day or whatever it is yeah. that they did close to the colleges down there for the fans. And so that was a cool event. And, uh, yeah, Johnsonville, that was the ticket. Yeah. <laughs> now, what are the uh, <clears throat> what are the announcers like in Cornhole? Are they low energy like golf or are they high energy? I mean, it's like the Ocho. I, is it like I mean it's, every yeah, time I've watched similar. it at a bar, it's been on mute. And I've yeah. just been watching like closed captions, so it's uh, I really haven't <clears throat> enjoyed the announcers. But I've been up at like two a.m. when they replay <laughs> tournaments on ESPN two and watched yeah. it. So um, the ACL provides one of the commentators. He's kind of an analysis too. Trey Ryder, he does a good job of breaking down like the. I would say he's like the Tony Romo of Cornell. Because okay. he almost calls every single shot exactly. You know, he's got the mental part down. I just don't think he really wanted to invest the time to be a player. But And then the ESPN will supply um, another commentator and then somebody that does, like, the interviews and things like that. So, yeah, they do a good job. The commentators actually take it serious to learn um, the language of cornhole so they don't, you know, come up there and call, like, a, a airmail a, a hole-in-one or something. You don't sound like they know what they're talking about. So, kudos to ESPN for that. No doubt. That's awesome. Um, so there's no John Madden's of cornhole announcers, which is probably good. Because yeah. I couldn't imagine him. <laughs> yeah. What about a Jake Vitale? Yeah. <laughs> a little airmail drag, you know, he drags two bags in. <laughs> That's awesome. You uh, just get back to the game a little bit. Do you prefer doubles or singles? Um, so traditionally I, I uh, mentally, I, thought of myself as a doubles player, I guess going back to 2016 when we made that deep run in the championships where I feel like I had um, probably two beers too many and that kind of cost us towards the end of that one. <laughs> um, but so now mentally I'm trying to get myself focused on being a singles player because I know I can do it in doubles and if I can do it in singles, that should be uh, easier to transition back. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I would say consider myself a doubles player and I'm working on becoming a stronger singles player over about the last 18 months. Yeah, because on uh, on cornhole, cornhole addicts, they just they rated your your airmail low. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think um, I I think I created that. Um, I need to update it because I you know I gotta update my Madden rating because my airmail is not as low as it was. I disrespected <laughs> myself on that thing. I gotta update my my player on my Madden. Because <laughs> I was gonna say I watched one of you. It was like one of the last clips you posted was you took an airmail in for the win, and I was yep. like, well. I mean, he's got it there. What the fuck else do you need? Oh, yeah, over those two bags. That's the yeah. one that went viral for me. That's got like 300,000 views. I was I was tickled to see that, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, my mindset, too, real quick going through that was like, all right, you can either try to board it, just put it on the board, or push those two bags in, or be a badass and just go over top of them for the same amount of points and do something cool. Yeah. You know, so then I got pumped up when I hit it. Of course, had that, had that shot of whiskey and just said, Fuck it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's where the that's where the fireball came. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let it fly. Yeah. That's awesome. There's been so many times where I've walked away from a cornhole board pissed off because somebody did somebody they you know they did that airmail thing and just nailed it. And I was like, you know what? That's just horseshit. I walk away. <laughs> Barefoot yeah. drunk. Yeah. I was so frustrated at different points in the last national. I know a couple of times. My wife was laughing when I got home because I texted her after an event or after a loss. I'm done with this. I'm I'm done with yeah. this game. I'm you know just because I wasn't competing. Of course, she was like, you know, don't worry about it. You know, yeah. ten, you know, an hour, you'll throw some more bags. You'll be fine. I got home the next day. Of course, the boards were out, and 
I was trying to figure out what the heck I did wrong. If you ever want to, you should come up here for a Pats game sometime. We'll tailgate and we'll clean up. We'll start hustling. I was going to say, do you go lot. to tailgates down there and just hustle? Because, I mean, that's all I do. Um, it's a, like a it's fun shark. doing it when I go, um, when we go on vacation um, to the beach. Yeah. You know, we'll have, me and my brother will be throwing and kind of just messing around. We've had a couple times where guys came up and like, yeah, we play this all the time. You know, we'll take y'all and we'll let them play for a little bit. And then if they start chirping, then we'll, we'll turn it on. And like, who, who are y'all? Like, well, we, we do this um, a lot. And we're pros. And so then, they, you know, when we have fun with it, you know, we'll switch yeah. up the team a little bit. That's awesome. That's <laughs> Now, who's better, you you or your brother? Um, <laughs> oh. You put me on the spot. <laughs> so, I saw the hesitation. <laughs> that was um, my first traveling partner. And um, when we traveled together, I'd say we were on the same level. Um, he decided to go back to school to pursue baseball for a year and then actually took some more time off. So I think um, now I've got an edge on him. Um, I'm always going to think that anyway, just because yeah. of the competitive nature. So, but yeah, my brother, he's a good player also. Because right. I mean, that a, a brother team taking the national would just be pretty that'd be awesome. A, that'd be a pretty storied championship right there. That'd be, uh... yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, and the partner I have now, Tyler, who obviously we're not brothers, but um, we we have developed that bond because we're so close. We have a lot of same interests, Duke basketball, you know, fantasy football, things like that, that we can just absolutely rip each other a new one. And But we have that understanding that it's it's not – nothing's personal, just like yeah. your brother. It's not personal. You know, if you get you cuss at him or whatever it is, it's it's all meant to be positive, and it's just out of the passion to want to win. Right. So I kind of share, obviously not on the same level, but it's pretty dang gone close with Tyler that um, Tyler is more um, low key, I'll say, on, <laughs> on that part than I am. I know a couple of times I've had to come over to him later and say, you know, no, it's probably a little out of line. I laid into him, you know, because I, I hold him to a standard. You know, I, yep, right. we played together long enough. I've seen what he can do. And if I feel like um, he's getting in his own head, I'll lay into him sometimes and try to get him back on line. You got to do that every now and then. You got to crack the whip. Yeah. No matter what. There's been times. Yeah. Get- but you know who to cr- crack the whip on. You know, my wife. Yeah. I, yeah. You don't, you don't cross that <laughs> yeah. line. You know. No. <laughs> Same no. here. Yeah. yeah. Unless the couch is real comfy. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah. No, she's, um, I tell you what, man. Um, she's awesome. Well, let me travel and the time that I've been away. And it's, it's, it's easy to look and say, well, we're only gone, you know, once a month for a couple of days. But, also, the weeknights, the sacrifices that I'm going to play to keep my game at a certain level. Because, like I was telling you, these old young guys and the old guys that are retired and girls, either they come home and they do their homework and they play for two hours every day because they have no responsibilities, or they're yeah. retired, so they play all day. So, you know, I do have to make some sacrifices away, and she's just it's, – it's, she's remarkable what she's able to do here when I'm gone to keep ready for everything together and the support, you know. No doubt. It's special. It's special. Yeah, that's – I mean – I'm very fortunate as well. I mean, I travel a bunch for work. My wife does stay home, but that's a lot harder than I gave thought of it. Um, And, you know, when I come home from, you know, I was just gone five weeks and I got home and I was like, look, I'm taking the girls. I know I want to spend time with you, but you need time alone. So I'm going to take the girls. We're going away for the day. We'll be home for dinner. Like, just do you. I'm out. Like yeah, and it makes like a that huge go a long difference. Way. Yeah, we, and then, uh, 
Go ahead. I mean, we got back from we I take duck season very seriously. Um <laughs> so my duck hunting season, I'm gone every day. Like it's if I'm home, I'm hunting. I don't really mm-hmm. work takes a back seat. Everything takes a back seat to duck hunting season. And then at the end of it, she's like, Oh, all right, I get to see you again. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm your husband. Gary. Yeah. That's yeah, funny. I'm just I mean, my wife's got her we don't have any kids, but she's got her hand full with because I'm a 32-year-old child with a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they both let us do this and you know they know we're passionate about it and enjoy doing it. And so it's it's good to have a good woman and in your on your side no matter what your what yeah support I agree. I, I gained an appreciation for stay-at-home moms. We had our, our youngest one now, she's seven months, but um Virginia, I'm a state employee for Virginia and they gave us um, eight weeks of parental leave for both the mom and the dad. And so I was using my eight weeks and when I like, you know, a couple of days, I was like, this is cake. This ain't nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like four days. I'm like, babe, I, we got to figure something out. Yeah. This is hard. You know, so how can I, I make enough money for a nanny? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Working is way easier than these, <laughs> this wide open three-year-old we got. Yeah. Yeah. Mine are five and three and it's, uh, that's awesome. Nobody warns you about the jump from one to two. No. It's it's insane. It's a completely different world. And I mean, you're 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 on the crest of getting to mobile child and just good luck. I just wish you all the luck in the world because it's chaos. <laughs> My three year old, she's wide open, man. Um, and I feel like she's bonded a little bit better with mom, but the seven month old, if I'm in the room. Nobody else. She doesn't want anybody else holding her. So, That's it's, awesome. it's, it's, they're, they're so much fun. I wouldn't train them for the world. No. I show up to Garrett's house every, you know, every week when we record this. And and it typically starts with his youngest daughter. And she'll walk me in the living room and then jump off a piece of furniture. And I'm like <laughs> grabbing my chest ready for, you know, but she bounces back up and then runs and is running across the brick floor on her hands. You know, yeah. she's just. She's showing you her newest WWE move. <laughs> exactly. Like tonight before we came out to record, she's like, watch this. And she jumps up on the arm of the chair. I'm like, you're not going to jump and jumps off. Of it. Yeah. You know, like three <laughs> feet. I'm just like, I can't watch this. I got to go away. Yeah. Hey. You get nervous <laughs> if you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. <laughs> that's, that's my mindset with her. <laughs> if she wants yep. to do it, whatever. You'll learn. <laughs> You'll learn what hurts. That's funny. Always, my mom, but... when um, I pick up my daughter, she'll say, they were playing outside and you know, Harper fell and bumped her knee. And I'm like, it, she's a kid. If she's yeah. not, you know, if it's a, a bump coming up or something, that's good. It's coming to the surface. She'll be all right. She'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Rub dirt in it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's right. Do it again. <laughs> well, man, I, I think that's all I got for questions. Yeah. Garrett, you, you got anything you want to No, I, I appreciate the time. And I mean, I wish you the best of luck this year. And, uh, who knows in our in my travels i might i might have to swing into a couple events and yeah if you make it to the northeast definitely hit us up we'll come down wherever and yeah uh, i definitely will if y'all are ever in the area you know hit me up we'll find a blind draw or maybe just go to the bar and drink a beer or something definitely that, yeah that works yeah i i'm always down for yeah yeah. either <laughs> the vfw's got two to four dollar large pitches so you can't go wrong <laughs> yeah. i was gonna say it's that's that's the way the vfw has got to be raking in some money for you guys down there i mean yeah going to i've only gone to vfw's ever my last job i was in a union and our union meeting for at the vfw 
so we went there and we'd crush as many beers as we could for like a dollar fifty. It's like yeah, that was yeah. the only reason to go to the meeting. You could it's the beer. only place you could show up at a bar with a dollar and leave with money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they got slot machines too. So yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can do anything. It's 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 Las Vegas. That's right. <laughs> well, man, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll make sure to tag you on all our socials on this when it gets out. Yeah. Yeah. Follow you along uh, at Jay Corley on everything. Um, Facebook is at Jay Corley Cornhole Pro. Um, IG, Twitter, and Utah, YouTube are all Jay Corley. All right. Awesome. Perfect. So, yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks again one more time for having me on. I really appreciate it, guys. And um, I'd love to get back on with you um, maybe after the next national or anytime you guys want to get me on. Let me yeah, know. For sure. For sure. Anytime you want to get to Maine, bring the family up. We got a beach right here. It's beautiful. So sweet. I'm gonna hold y'all to that. <laughs> yeah. Football so, season. Remember, we'll go. We'll go make some money at some tailgates. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it. Good talk. All right, y'all. Take care. Bye. You too.